ACPromise.com and tell them Eric sent you. So you're sitting in traffic on I-10, tired of your long work day, and you're dreading cooking dinner for the family. So where's the place you should think of? Oceana Grill. Get ready to indulge your palate with the flavor it deserves. From blackened bayou duck to our signature barbecue shrimp, we know how to get you asking for more. Whether it's sitting outside or in our courtyard or kicking back at one of our indoor, unique, vibrant dining rooms, Oceana can make you feel right at home with our friendly staff and our naturally New Orleans cuisine. Oceana Grill, 739 Conti in the heart of the fun, 8 a.m. to 1 a.m. daily. We know what you're missing in your kitchen. Oceana Grill. Welcome to another edition of Inside New Orleans. I'm your host, Eric Asher, 106.1 FM Nash Icon on your radio dial, taking you home each and every weekday afternoon, 4 to 6. Remember, iHeartRadio app, TuneIn Radio app, our digital platforms. Take the show with you anywhere. Hey, free download for your smartphone or tablet. Also, NashFM1061.com and EricAsher.com on the World Wide Web. Our podcast is everywhere. Anchors our home base where you can find us on your favorite podcasting platform by searching Inside New Orleans Show with Eric Asher. 
Also, at Eric underscore Asher on Twitter, Eric Asher on Facebook, Inside New Orleans Show on Instagram. Uh, join the conversation there on our social media platforms. Hey, this week on the award-winning Inside New Orleans Sports, I'm going to be joined uh, by two of the best on Crescent City Sports, um, Renee Nato and also Les East, award-winning journalist and accomplished author, will join me this week on the award-winning Inside New Orleans Sports. That's Thursday, this Thursday and every Thursday, 1 p.m. with our live broadcast on WLE-TV, also live streaming on the WLE-TV YouTube page. And then here come the rebroadcast, set the DVR, 6 p.m. on WLE Thursday night, 10 o'clock on WLE TV 2. Friday night, 9 o'clock, Pelican Sports Television, 10 o'clock on LE. Saturday morning at 2 a.m. on The Deuce. Saturday afternoon at 5 p.m. on Pelican Sports Television. Always at EricAsher.com and always on our social media platforms. Always on the WLE TV YouTube page. Yeah, you can find it there. Looking forward to having both Les and Renee on this week's program. Today on the show, uh, it'll be me and you in the first hour. Uh, the second hour, uh, we'll, we'll switch gears uh, from the New Orleans Saints uh, to uh, Tulane and LSU. Matty Hudak, Tulane sideline reporter, will join us at 5.15. And uh, Glenn Gilbo of Outkick.com will join us at 5.35. So we've got a full show for you today. I, I just can't talk about the Saints the entire, the entire show. They don't deserve to be talked about for the entire show. So we'll, we'll do the postmortem on the Saints in the first hour, and then we'll move on. Uh, to, again, talk about what, what is going on with Tulane. By the way, Willie Fritz is a, is a finalist for the Eddie Robinson Coach of the Year uh, Award. Brian Kelly is not, which is kind of weird uh, that he would not be uh, 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 among those after what he has done. Now, look, the last two losses have probably hurt him, but, again, a, a yeoman job by both Willie Fritz and also uh, uh, Brian Kelly. By the way, uh, Keishon Bouti uh, has decided to come back for his senior year. Hopefully he's got a better attitude next year. Uh, he really hurt his draft stock this year. I think he realizes that. Um, and Jack um, Jack Besh is, is entering the transfer transfer portal. We wish him uh, all all the best. They they got a nice school, uh, 90 miles down the river that you can excel at. It's called Tulane University. Uh, but again, more than likely he'll end up with another, another SEC school. And he's going to excel. He's a good receiver. He's just in a log jam with a lot of really good receivers and more coming in. It is, it's the way it is. The transfer portal is open in college football right now, so we're going to see a lot of movement back and forth uh, between teams. Um, LSU and Tulane, both of their uh, programs really benefited from the transfer portal this, this past year, even though, again, LSU was crushed early by, again, so many defections. Uh, but, again, it can work both ways. I've said since the beginning of um, uh, the advent of the transfer portal, uh, you know, it can help you, it can hurt you. Uh, good football teams, uh, they can pick and choose who they want. And hopefully, again, those guys will work out. We heard Brian Kelly talk about what he's looking for in terms of the transfer portal. You know, again, those that are uh, um, student-athletes that are willing to go to school and, and, and get their degree, uh, keep their grades up, but also, again, can fit into what LSU is looking for. Uh, and the same can be said for Tulane, which is, again, difficult because, of, again, the high, high academics. But Willie Fritz hit on something this past year. Going after, again, former New Orleans high school or Louisiana high school stars that went elsewhere, uh, thought they were going to make it in these big universities elsewhere. Maybe they had never had a chance to be out of the city of New Orleans or out of the state of Louisiana. They're homesick. They want to come back home and finish their career at home. Tulane has been a great place for them, and it worked out well for Tulane and LSU this past year in the transfer portal. Hopefully that will be something that will continue. Um, We'll also talk about Sean Ferguson, who is retiring uh, from the New Orleans Police Department as their superintendent at the end of the year, the shakeup there, uh, before we finish the first hour. But let's get it started. Uh, again, here comes the postmortem. Look, let me just say this right now. 
bad football teams find the way to lose games. And, and make no mistake, this year's version of the New Orleans Saints are a bad football team. They just are. Look, I, I, I'm one since day one. And I don't – the beautiful thing about this show is, and I, I know other talk show hosts around the city, around, around, around the country, uh, they think you have amnesia and you don't remember what's been said. You know, it, it frustrates me. Colin Cowherd is, is, is the, uh, the, the poster boy for this, right? It goes out there, all these hot takes, and then again when they blow up in his face, oh, I didn't say that. You know, what? I have no idea what you're talking about. You know, Stephen A. Smith, same deal. I, I am not that, that, that type of host. If I, if I make a mistake, if I say something that, I, that, again, doesn't come to fruition, I'm not running away from the truth. And believe me, I thought this was going to be a really good football team this year. I really did. Uh, you look at this team on paper. Uh, the depth chart has some really good football players on it. But, again, I think a lot of us discounted the fact of what Peyton meant to this team. Continuity sounded real good when, when Peyton was walking away. Keep it together. Uh, the leadership in the locker room. Dennis Allen, again, learned his mistakes the first time around in Oakland. Uh, you know, you got this strong coaching staff that's going to keep this team together. None of that has come to fruition. None of it has come to fruition. Okay? They, they got some good football players on this team, but it's not a team. It hasn't been a team. You know, all this talk about leadership and culture, that all went out the door with Peyton. And we know this now. Again, he was the glue that held this team together. He was demanding. He had that refuse-to-lose mentality that permeated throughout the organization. Speaking of the organization, I think it's also very clear as we sit here today on the sixth day of December 2022 that um, this is not an organized organization without Peyton. And we've seen this again take its toll almost each and every week this, this year when it, when, it come, when it comes to this particular season for the Saints. I'll say it again, the continuity experiment has failed. Individually, the coaching staff may be good. Okay, it may be great coaches. But as a group, without Peyton, they're not organized. Nor do they have what it takes to win in the NFL. They need a leader. And the leader's working for Fox Sports. Here at the end. This is, you know, this was Peyton's lump of clay. He put this together. Again, he had, again, you start back in 06 when they won the, when they went to the NFC Championship game. From that point forward, it was Peyton's deal. Peyton called the shots. Yes, Loomis is the general manager, in a lot of cases in name only. And yes, he was the guy making the making the trades and having the conversations with the general managers and all the things that general managers do. But nothing in this in this organization. Uh, happened without, again, getting a, a check off from Sean Payton. And we see, again, how big his personality was now as we look back. The team has not responded to Allen and his staff, okay? Maybe it's because they were used to the intensity of Sean Payton. You know, again, look, the, the wrath of Payton. <laughs> look, the fans loved it. The, the, play, the players probably lamented it, but they respected it. And they were motivated by it. Maybe, again, it's also because Dennis Allen wanted to relinquish what a head coach should have when he walks in the door, which is the respect of his team. And in some cases, and I use this in air quotes, the fear of his team. You know, he asked his team leadership to be demanding, to, to be accountable for the team. And that's the coaching staff and the head coach's job. They have to be the ones that are demanding and holding each player accountable for the failures at practicing on game day. We haven't seen that, ladies and gentlemen. And that started back in camp, okay? 
That started back in camp. So you're at, you're coming in as a head coach, your second time around, you have a losing record, and you're trying to keep this thing together with continuity, and all of a sudden, instead of you taking a more aggressive role, which is, again, what the head coach should be, you're asking your team leaders to do that for you, to police your team. I mean, you can't have a substitute teacher all over again. We've talked about it over and over again on this program. You know, when... You, you've got to demand accountability. There's got to be some fear there. Got to be fear of your job, fear of getting cut. There was none of that this year. Okay, from practice to game day. There's been a void since Peyton quit that, again, neither Allen nor Carmichael nor the co-defensive coordinators have been able to fill. That's the, that's the honest truth. And it started way back again with training camp. They coasted through training camp. Okay? Then the, the big red flag came at one point in the season when I think it was Alvin Kamara that made, that made the comment during one of his press conferences that they're not making the corrections during practice. I mean, that, that, that's mind-blowing when we heard that. What? Wait, wait. You're not making the corrections during practice, but you're coming out making the same mistakes every single game? I mean, that spilled over to the team, which was, again, once one of the most disciplined teams in the NFL. Look, there is no doubt about this, and I hate to keep reverting back to Peyton, but it is what it is. It's the standard that has been set for this organization. And they thought there was going to be some carryover. The, the, again, the front office thought there would be some carryover with continuity. This was one of the most disciplined teams in the league. They have become the most penalized team in the NFL, the most turnover-prone team in the NFL, not to mention the lack of accountability. It's become a cancer within that locker room, within that organization. It's spread all the way again to game day. Missed assignments by players, head coachings, uh, again, uh, just uh, almost uh, a statue on the sidelines. We saw more, I've seen more emotion out of him the last few weeks after getting called out for not being emotional. And you know whether whether it's real or or again, it's phony. The players know whether it's real or whether it's phony. But head scratching uh, play calls, game plans by the coaching staff. Accountability and attention to detail. Those are things that we took for granted under Peyton. The lack of those attributes have been the root of the self-destruction of this team all season long, and there's no other way to put it. I mean, those were things that, again, that you didn't have to think about with Breeze and Peyton, okay, with, with, with Vilma, uh, and, uh, you know, leading that defense, okay? There was accountability. There was attention to detail. And it wasn't all on the players to do that. The coaches demanded that as well. Position coaches, head coach, all the way down. Started with Peyton all the way, and it trickled all the way down to the players. Yes, the leadership was strong. But, again, there was a strong leader at the top. And, I look, no, no disrespect to Dennis Allen. Some guys are cut out to be defensive coordinators and defense, or, or, again, coordinators. Some guys are not cut out to be head coaches. And it's pretty obvious at this point he's not cut out to be a head coach. Four and nine in a bad division. What a dagger that was put in the heart of this underachieving season by Tom Brady and the Bucks. All I can say is right now, too bad there are four games left in the season. There needs to be a pressure washing in this organization. I don't think at this point anybody out there that's looking at this realistically, take the emotion out of it for a moment, okay, does not see that, again, there has to be a complete overhaul here. There can be no room for nostalgia. There can be no room for personal relationships. 
That was tried. Continuity has failed. It's failed. The entire coaching staff needs to be fired. I don't want to hear. I want to hang on to this one because he's a good one. He's he's a good um, he's a good coach here, position coach. I don't want to hold on to this one because again, he could be a, a head coach down the. No, no, hasn't worked out. Hasn't worked out. Okay. Also, Loomis has to take responsibility for this disaster. This is his disaster. He may have been caught off guard by Sean Payton walking like he did. And maybe the easiest way and the easiest road, and it was, the easiest road was to stay the course, but it failed. In any other NFL franchise, he would also be fired. Think about that for a second. The, t- the, t- the failure that we saw this year, any other NFL franchise, it wouldn't just be, again, sweeping out the coaching staff, but also the general manager would go with him. But he's not going to be fired. We know this. So, again, I'll say it again. They, meaning Dennis Lausha, meaning, again, Mrs. Benson, meaning even Mickey Loomis, they have to look in the mirror here and say, okay, what do we do to triage this? If Loomis doesn't want to retire, and I'm not, again, well, again, if he wants to stick around, he wants to continue to be part of the organization because, look, he's done some good things. But he was the right hand of, of Sean Payton. Sean Payton wasn't his right hand. That's the difference. And we saw, again, Haslett and Loomis, those era, that era. And this is eerily similar to that era. Period. the end. He has to be, there has to be a position created within this organization for him. President of football and basketball operations, put him over everything. But allow, again, those under him to do their job. I've said it before. Elevate Kai Harley. Head capologist. He's learned under under Loomis and, and, and learned it well. Jeff Ireland to general manager. Michael Parrington, assistant to general manager in, in charge of pro, pro personnel. Or sweep them all out and start over with a new GM and turn the franchise over to him. I mean, those are the options here. Those are the options here. Can't go with status quo. Can't continue to be in a situation where, you know, you kind of, Half-ass it, where you say, well, I'm going to hold on to these guys because, you know, they are longtime members of the organization and trusted inner circle. If Loomis means that much to the organization, put him in another position. Keep him in the inner circle. But you can't let him, again, be in charge of football operations. I'm sorry. He can't be in charge of the, of the draft. He can't be in charge of making trades. And at this point, again, uh, they all knew this was coming in terms of, again, cap hell. Uh, at this point, if, you've, if, if you have done your job and you have uh, tutored and taught Kai Harley what, 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 what you know, then, again, he, he becomes the guy. Jeff Ireland, I'm telling you, if Harley and Ireland are not elevated, they're going to be with Sean Payton in, with Los Angeles, with the Los Angeles Chargers. He's going to grab both of them. So you're better off keeping them here, elevating them, and letting them have a chance to be able to, again, right the wrongs? Or is it better just, again, pressure wash the entire thing and start over with a new general manager? The season is proving that the parts standing on their own has not worked without Peyton's leadership. It's been a rudderless ship since day one, since he walked out the door. And now to double down on the mistakes made the, the, the past off season, 
and, and those that were made during the, the, during the season would be devastating. I want to say that again because I want that to resonate with you. The, a lot of mistakes that were made in the offseason from, again, players that were cut, C.J. Gardner, uh, players that were cut or, or not brought back or, or traded, Juan Alexander, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, to name a couple. As much as I love Alave, trading all those picks for Alave, I've said it before, he better be Jerry Rice, and he's not Jerry Rice right now. Damn good receiver, might be rookie of the year. But it was not worth all those picks, and now it's even akin, even a bigger microscope is on it because it's probably going to be a top five pick. You could be getting that quarterback of the future this year. But always doubling down, always trying to be able to, you know, get one more. Let's let me one more run. You were nine and eight last year. Peyton saw the handwriting on the wall and he got out. Look, a lot of this is on Peyton. And he gets again, he gets he doesn't escape the 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 the, uh, the, the blame here because a lot of this is on him. But once he's gone, it is what it is. He's left the the the, the, the uh, franchise in the situation he's left the franchise in. It was up to Loomis, again, as the, as the head guy to figure out what direction they were going to go. And continuity was the, was the choice. It failed. And it failed miserably. Let me say this right now. Not just the mistakes in the offseason, but the mistakes during the season. Coaching mistakes that you've seen over and over again. And I said this earlier. So teams have raided the Saints practice squad. To the point that the Saints needed running backs. All of a sudden, their running backs are elsewhere. Saints needed linebackers. You go right down. I mean, just just pick positions where again the Saints have had had have been raided off their practice squad. Have the Saints raided anybody else's practice squad this year? No, they have not. With all the injuries that they had, with everything that's going on this season, how many players have they pulled off a, a, a an opposing team's practice squad? And, and immediately put them on the active roster, and they made a difference. It just didn't happen. It's almost like, again, I'm going to go with this group, and I'm going I'm to live and die with them. Well, you died. You died. The fan base is spoiled, okay? Spoiled by winning, okay? And will not stand, okay, for what they saw over this past year. This is not the old days where the fan base would show up and they'd show up with bags on their head, but they showed up. Too many other things to do in this world now. Too many games to be able to see at home when you can sit down with a ticket. You know, a lot of things to do in the city of New Orleans. They are just, again, it's not the days of old. And this long line of people who, again, are lined up for season tickets, that will start to dwindle. You watch how many, again, empty seats we're going to see for the next few games at home, or the next two. What is it, Atlanta and Carolina? I mean, again, I'm a season ticket holder since 1981. I'm telling you, it's going to be tough to even give tickets away. Give them away. Much less on the secondary market. So now you're looking at a fan base that was spoiled by Peyton and Breeze, that, again, is used to winning. There's no way, again, they're going to stand for this. They're going to turn their backs. It is clear as day in front of them right now on what has to happen here. They did it. They've done it once before with the other franchise. Take a page from the Pelicans' playbook. Purge what is no longer working. Hire a front office and a coach that can reinvigorate this franchise. The big question is, does Mrs. Benson have what it takes to make those tough calls? To get rid of longtime coaches, longtime front office personnel, 
that, again, brought, in some cases, the greatest time in the history of the franchise to the fans, but also have failed without Peyton. I don't know if she's got it in her. You know, it was one thing, again, getting rid of Van Gundy. She had no ties to Van Gundy. And at the end of the day, remember, the Van Gundy thing was was something that, that happened quick, and that was David Griffin. David Griffin was on the on a hot seat like Van Gundy was. Are you kidding me? You don't remember the shows we were doing back then? The mistakes that again that David Griffin made. The the, the issue is that David Griffin was able to again was given full autonomy to be able to to make up for his mistakes, and he did it. He did it. Who do you look to with this franchise to make up for the mistakes? Do you give Loomis another chance? I mean, you think the fan base is going to believe in that? Do you bring back Dennis Allen and say, man, hopefully he gets it this year? I mean, nobody's going to stand for that. Nobody, there's not one fan in this city right now that believes in Dennis Allen, much less his team. But yet Dennis Allen has been around for a long time. There's a, there's a personal relationship there, personal relationships with, with Mickey Loomis. So can Mrs. Benson, Dennis Lauscher, the inner circle, which includes Mickey Loomis, can they get past the personal relationships and make the tough call? Like I said, it was easy with Van Gundy. He was one and done. See you later. It worked out. They went out and got a young and up-and-coming coach who, again, has captured not just, again, the, uh, the, the fan base, but, again, the team who respects him. You see, it's the same situation. It is Sean Payton 2.0, but now with the Pels. There's a respect there. They play hard for him. Nobody's played hard for Dennis Allen this year. Not even his defense. Not even his defense. As far as the cap situation, players that are under contract, look, no matter who comes in, a new regime is going to be handcuffed. But maybe, maybe they can motivate and demand accountability from what's left on the roster. After whatever purge is going to happen, after whatever purge is going to take place. Because we know, if you, again, I've gone through this many, many times in this program, the franchise is chained to the highest paid players because of past contract restructures. Maybe next season, some of those players are tradable because then you can spread out the, the cap hit over two seasons. And by that time, maybe the gambling money is kicking in and the TV money's kicking in and the salary cap will expand so that you don't have issues like what you're going to be you're going to be getting because you have to stay under the cap. There's no other way. You have to stay under the cap. You can't just trade people and then say, well, we're going to be over the cap this year. Sorry, we'll pay the fine. You have to be under the cap. And in an effort to try to win it down the Super Bowl, and we all were in. Don't say you weren't in. You were in. I was in. We all were in. Do what you got to do. Restructure the contracts. Loomis is a genius. He's, again, Luminomics. Okay, we talked about it. I coined that phrase a long time ago, Luminomics, right? But there's a price to pay. It's like just no different than when you're in your household. If you're going to run your credit cards, one day it's going to come back to, 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 to you're going to have to either pay the credit cards or file bankruptcy. Well, there's no filing bankruptcy in the NFL. You're going to have to pay the credit card, and the credit card has become due. So those past contract restructures have put the Saints in a tough spot, which means they need someone to come in and motivate those players who are no longer motivated under the, under the existing regime. It's been a season of mistakes, 
cap restraints, bad trades, personnel moves by the front office, unorganized lack of leadership and accountability by the coaching staff whose game plans were suspect, and the ability to adjust or call the right plays in the heat of the game were non-existent. And that was something that we have become so accustomed to. Yes, Peyton made mistakes. Yes, Breeze made mistakes. Yes, we've had other defensive coordinators that have made mistakes, but we've had a long line of those, right? This team won, and they were able to overcome those mistakes at times. Players didn't buy into continuity. They didn't buy into Dennis Allen. And they didn't buy into Peyton's leftover staff. They never showed a sense of urgency, the attention to detail, the accountability. And I'm going to say this right now. They also nursed injuries, okay? Okay, and they played most games like they were ready for the season to be over with. Something we have not seen around here in New Orleans since Haslett and Loomis was in charge. I mean, think about that for a second. You can't, now look, I know this team was injured, but you can't tell me these guys, some of these guys are not nursing injuries because they don't want to get back on the field. Look, I saw the body language on Alvin Kamara last night, which told me, you know what, he's ready to call it a day. And this is where the Saints were winning. You can see it. He's fed up. He's done. He's finished. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. Boy, Jim Morris said it way back then, right, huh? I mean, excuses. That, that's the theme of this season. You can't fool the players nor the fan base. Dennis Allen was in over his head. He's not a head coach. And we saw the unraveling this season, which started really in training camp, okay? And continued a downward spiral until last night's debacle in Tampa. And you know what's one of the sad things about last night was? And one of the first things I thought about as this game ended? Saints fans can no longer poke fun at the Atlanta Falcons. 28-3? to that's, that's yesterday. Today it's now been replaced by 16-3. to I mean, really. I don't know what the Atlanta Falcons or fans are doing right now, but I know what I would be doing if I'm an Atlanta Falcons fan right now. Those 28-3 memes, I'd be replaced by 16-3 memes. Embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. I don't care if the dude is a goat or not. Embarrassing. This whole season has been an embarrassment. It's been an embarrassment, again, to the legacy that was set forth by, again, the players who turned this franchise around in the aftermath of the largest man-made disaster in the history of this country, a.k.a. Hurricane Katrina, coming in and playing for the people of this city. What they did in their, in their years, again, well, you know, just you know, putting up win after win after win, yes, there should be more Super Bowls. There should be more than one Lombardi trophy in the case right now. We know that. But it was the greatest year in Saints history. And this is a sad epitaph to that. Once it was once the greatest era in Saints history. This is what the, this is it. This is the epitaph. Sixteen to three. I just don't understand if this organization can't take see the forest for the trees. I'm talking about ownership now. I'm talking about inner circle. If they can't figure it out, look, they're not going to come out and say we're going to fire everybody with, again, a few games left. But, again, the day that the season ends, there has to be a purge. There has to be a reorganization. Okay? There has to be a change here because you cannot continue to go down this road.
And again, personal relationships, affinity for someone because they've been around for a long time, or you know their family, if you watch their kids grow up. Again, this is a bottom line business. It's W-I-N, win. Win, baby. Play to win, win, baby. That's all you got to, that's the only thing you have to worry about. And this group, which again was the nucleus of this team, which again was, was, was in a lot of those cases, a lot of winners on this team, they have not been over to be able to overcome the lack of leadership that started at the top. And that starts from Mickey Loomis to Dennis Allen, and it trickles all the way down. So the prudent thing to do, the right thing to do, the only way you can save the franchise at this point, even though, again, you're drowning in a sea of cap debt, is to pressure wash the organization and move on. And start anew. Start fresh. Give the fan base some hope. Give the players something to, again, latch on to. Then it's not going to be the same old thing next year that you're trying to be able to, well, somehow, again, let's give it one more try. For what? And then to add insult to injury, ridiculous trade on, 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 again, on draft night to be able to give up all those draft picks for a wide receiver. And one of those draft picks will be a top five pick in this draft, a quarterback heavy draft for a team that is, again, searching for the quarterback of the future. Mortal sin after mortal sin after mortal sin that cannot be forgiven. You can truly say, again, that the, the New Orleans Saints that we've known during the Peyton era died last night at Raymond James Stadium. All right, we'll be right back. You're listening to Inside New Orleans. I'm your host, Eric Asher. Don't forget about my friends at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. You can count on them. <laughs> That's for sure. Tell you what, you can count on them every day, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. They're there for you. They're going to, again, after our service, 15 trucks in the field, 30-minute courtesy call, and they've a gouging and a teacher, giving you 100% every time they come out to your home or business. Truly a company you can trust. Doesn't matter where you live, North Shore, South Shore, East Bank, West Bank, Burkhart will be there for you. Their reputation means something to them. John Burkhart told me a long time ago about the Burkhart name, what it meant to him. And then again, that, that, that permeates throughout the entire organization. They understand, again, when they put that Burkhart uniform on, they drive that Burkhart truck to your home. Again, they're representing the Burkhart name. And it means something. So you want a company to trust when it comes to your air conditioning system, heating system? You're looking for that generator for your home? Maybe again, the APCO whole home air treatment system. Maybe you need electrical work. Whatever you need, Burkhart is a one-stop shop. It's acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Ken Trahan. The Three Tailgater Show is a Saturday morning tradition on 1061 Nash Icon. Tune in every Saturday morning from 10 a.m. to noon with my partner Ed Daniels of WGNO and WNOL to join me to talk sports with you every single week with your calls as well. The Three Tailgater Show, Saturday mornings, 10 a.m. to noon on 1061 Nash Icon. This report is sponsored by Macy's. It's Macy's Friends and Family Sale with incredible deals on great gift ideas for the holidays. Save an extra 30% off with your coupon or Macy's card and take 15% off fragrances and skincare too. Going on now at Macy's. Savings off regular sale and clearance prices exclusions apply. Look out for delays if you're traveling eastbound along the Crescent City Connection from before Chapatulas to the Camp Street exit. Also in the meantime, look out for delays steady if you're traveling westbound 
along the Pontchartrain Expressway and the Crescent City connection with delays solid from the Claiborne Earhart exit to the Chapatula South Peters exit. 10 eastbound delays are steady from just past Elysian Fields to the high rise. On the 610 on the eastbound side, your delays are solid from Elysian Fields to the 10610 merge. If you're traveling on the 610 on the westbound side, look out for delays from Canal Boulevard to the 10610 merge. And be mindful of an accident, Cleveland at South Claiborne. I'm at Robinson Broadcasting from the Attorney Mike Brander Traffic Center. Traffic is brought to you by DA Exterminating. Proud to be locally owned and serving over 60 years. Don't let this happen to your largest investment. Call DA Exterminating now. We're ready and waiting to protect your home from potential disaster called termites. Call DA now or visit us on the web at daexterminating.com. On the East Bank and West Bank, from the lake to the Gulf, the men and women of the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office keep our parish safe. Some are on the beat, others behind the scenes ensuring the safety of our community. JPSO is now looking for correctional officers and 911 dispatchers. Your community's calling. Answer the call. Visit JPSOjobs.com for the complete benefits package and salary. Bienvenue on Hickory. 467 Hickory Avenue, open seven days a week, offering a creative menu of all your New Orleans favorites. Fresh Louisiana seafood, great sandwiches, soups, salads, daily specials, and a Sunday brunch. Contemporary Creole cuisine, great southern dishes. Check out our menu online at bienvenueharahan.com. Dine indoors or outdoors? Place your order or inquire about catering at 504-305-4792. That's Bienvenue on Hickory, 467 Hickory Avenue in Harahan. Sportsbeat is the place to watch your favorite team. Come check out all the games, including the NBA, college basketball, and baseball on 20 TVs. Open seven days, 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. Happy hour, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Great menu featuring two, count them, two steak nights. Wednesday night, 6 p.m. till $10 choice filets. Friday night, 6 p.m. till $10 choice ribeyes. Private room available. Sportsbeat is located at 3330 Ridge Lake at 16th Street behind Wendy's on Causeway. Sportsbeat Pub and Cafe, home of fantastic cocktails, large beer selection, delicious food, friendly staff, and all the sports you can have. Hi, folks. Trust is what Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating is all about. Take it from me, Eric Asher. If your AC ever fails, you can trust Burkhardt to be there quick and get you back up and running. If you need a new AC, trust Burkhardt to treat you with respect to help you save with a fair price and do the job right. As my good friend John Burkhardt always says, trust is the foundation of our business. Just ask our customers. For air conditioning this season, trust Burkhardt. Visit acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. And tell them Eric sent you. Eric Ash here with my good friend Mike Delahousie at the TikTok Cafe. Mike, I was craving the best breakfast in town. Thank you, Eric. Yeah, but they were closed, so I'm back here at the TikTok Cafe instead. You know, that's not nice. Come on, man. You know we aim to please. You gotta get a better aim, pal. Stop. You know we never close, huh? Well, neither does the morgue, so what's your point? Ah, you're unbelievable. You know, you gotta admit, we've got the best prices in town. Gluten-free? I think you're missing the point, bud. The TikTok Cafe in the heart of Metairie at Causeway and I-10 are better known as the intersection of diabetes and high cholesterol. Sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Progressive offers a great price and round-the-clock protection when bundling home and auto. It's one of those rare times when you could save money and get something great. Bundle today at Progressive.com. Welcome back to Inside New Orleans. Go ahead to the phone lines. Just one, one quick moment. I want to just mention a couple things here. Um, and first of all, thanks to Jeff Duncan for, for doing the timestamp for me because I had a lot of these things on, on my notes. But um, if you're Ingram, 
you have to get that first down. I don't care if your leg is falling off, okay? You're a professional football player. You're smart enough. you got to get the first down. Then throwing the slant to, to Callaway at third, well, third and one. I mean, Michael Thomas is on his couch. How about Landry, okay, if, you, if you're going to throw the ball? Oh, you know, and here's the other thing. They, they had called a, 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 uh, a pass to, to, to the fullback. You want to talk about dumb and dumber, okay? Carmichael called originally a play to go to the, to the fullback. Dalton vetoed that and ended up going on a slant to Callaway. You know? I mean, the throwing the ball to uh, Taysom over the middle and expecting him to catch the ball in a crowd. I mean, that, that, that's, especially after last week, trying to throw it to him in the end zone in a crowd. I mean, Carmichael, you, you got to just question again if he, if he knows. you got to know your personnel, okay? And then again, the, the 12 men in a huddle, I mean, again, that goes back to coaching, okay? okay? That goes back to coaching. But, you know, remember, Penning has to, has to announce himself to the official as the eligible player. And at that point, you still don't know you have 12 players in the, in the huddle? I mean, this is amazing. The, the quarterback hasn't figured out. The, 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 the coordinator doesn't know it. And then Adebo not getting beat once but twice, okay, by Mike Evans. The, 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 the first one was that 12-yard pass, and then the second one, again, was the, was, the, um, what was the interference call. I mean, just amazing to me, okay? Amazing to me that, again, he's, he's not a rookie anymore. And then on the two touchdown passes where Brady just, again, you know, uh, just took him straight down the, down the field, Demario Davis got targeted on both of those, on both of those. He got beat on both of those plays. Whew, man, I tell you. Let's head to the phone lines. Jack and River Ridge is up first. Jack, how you doing? Hey, hey Eric. This isn't why I called him, but but look, I wasn't one of the people after after Dennis Allen, even though he wasn't doing a good job. But until last night, I mean, really, it's hard to it's hard to know where to start. Well, let's start at the end of the game, okay? Um, when it became obvious that that you know, well, at least to me, that Brady was just going to take you apart piece by piece. Blitz him. They, they, the, the, Tampa Bay can't get the ball down the field. If he manages to complete a long pass for a touchdown, so what? you still got two minutes left, and their secondary's hurt. I, I actually think the yep. Saints could have drove down for a field goal. But the way, the way you did it, there was no time left. I, I mean, and so the game just, you know, he gets down and scores a touchdown like you know he's going to. And Eric, if you saw if you saw the uh, Tampa play the uh, the Rams about a month ago, it was almost exactly the same thing. No way in the planet the Rams are supposed to lose a game, and somehow they do, just like the yep. Saints did last night. Just uh, like it. And, and, and you know, you're talking about Ingram. Okay, it, it, if you were so hurt that you couldn't go for the first down, but you had enough energy to get out of bounds, and see, that's the, that's the thing. If you were so hurt, just fall. At least the clock keeps running, but you run out of bounds. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Just, I mean, again, oh. the lack of attention to detail. Things that, again, would ne- they never would have got away with with Peyton. But yet they're getting away with it here. And it's been all season long. Oh, man. It, it, there's no doubt. There's no doubt if Sean Payton, at least in my mind, that if Sean Payton was still coaching this team, they would have won this division. Oh, easy. <laughs> Especially as bad as it is? Like was, Come on. They wouldn't have made all the mistakes yeah. we've seen that have just piled up all season long because, again, he would have demanded more. He would have demanded more. And, and it, no, it, it's, it's, 
it was mine. I've never seen anything like that. Uh, last night was just wow. I mean, so many. You know, a lot of players came up, you know, came up light, like you were saying, Landry's supposed to catch that pass. Right. Um, um, you know, I know Taysom Hill got hurt. I mean, he got hit, but you got to make that catch there. Um, at least I think so. Um, I mean, the play calling was just crazy. But look, getting ridiculous. back to what you were talking about with Nick, okay? Um, like you said, if you're gonna if you're gonna do this, he has to go too. Because like, for, I'll compare it to the it, it's not exactly the same, but in the Denver situation, the, the general manager then I don't know who he is. He directed the ownership to spend two what two or three hundred million dollars on Russell Wilson and give away all your draft choices. To me, at the end of the season, when you fire Hackett, he has to go with you. Have to right. fire both of them. I agree. Um, I agree. I just don't. I just think here it's a different situation because of of Loomis's longtime tenure, and he's one of the one of the individuals in the inner circle. So, find another place for him. But he is his hands are as dirty as anybody else's when it comes to what's going on this season. And Eric, I, I realize this is just a guess, but that, uh, I guess you got to wait till June first to do some of these moves. Yeah, um, but um, that, that, you can't. That that hurts. How can you do? You you can't get draft picks for him. So right. if, you, if you're trying oh, to no. move off some of your veterans and you're trying to do June 1st so you can spread the, the cap out over two years, that doesn't help you in April for the draft. No, I know that. Because I think, I think if they do this right, then next year is just going to have to be a punt. They're going to have right. to take the draft choices that they can, fill in the holes that they can. But I don't, I don't think, in my opinion, I don't think this can be a quick turnaround. Like, for instance, no. I, don't think, I don't think even if you could afford it, I don't think Jimmy D wants to come here behind in this no. situation, you know, he could go to a place like Indianapolis where they just need a couple right. of pieces, and with him, they'd probably be in contention. Right. Um, but so, no, no, but I mean, just going forward, but like if Cam doesn't want to retire, if he doesn't want to go to, if he doesn't want to take a job with, with ESPN and he wants to play, I, I would like to see, I, I'd like to see them find a place for him where he maybe could get a ring, you know, someplace. Yeah, like, but the same, the know. same thing as again, yeah. it's, it's the cap hit you're going to take. And Jack, I appreciate the phone call, but I'm, I'm running out of okay. time here. It, it's the Thank cap you. hit you're going to take with these stars. You, you cannot afford it. Okay, they, they, these restructured contracts, you have to hold on to them for at least another season. No other way around it. Bobby's in Slidell. Hey, Bobby, you're on. Hey, Eric, how you doing? doing I'm doing okay, Man, Bobby. I, 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 could not, I could not have summed it up any better with your monologue. Um, you know, the depths that, to where this, this team has gone to this year is depressing. And honestly, I've been a season ticket holder since 2000. And I sit with a group of 12 of us. There's 12 of us, and we're all on the same account. And we're all, we're all pretty much on board, man. We're, we're giving them up. I'm tired of paying $20 for a drink in a dome. I'm tired of paying $40, $50 for parking, plus the, the $3,000 on the invoice. It's just, I could do it. I could take a pretty badass Caribbean vacation for four or five grand. Wouldn't you agree? You sure could. And I don't you have sure to could. sit in there and watch that foolishness that's going on. I, I mean, it, it's absolutely ridiculous. I, I, I don't know what to say. I wasn't, I wasn't in favor of them hiring Dennis Allen from the start, but I said, you know what? They know more than I do. Well, guess what? The chickens are come, coming on the roost. You can't double down on the mistake. That's, that's the thing. Uh, the mistakes have been made. The season is lost. You can't double down on it now and say, we're going to try it. We're going to let him uh, again purge the coaching staff, bring in his own coaching staff, and we're going to start over. No, no. you got to move on. It, it, it's no, time to it, pressure wash. And the thing that really kind of really kind of turned the page for me was the Chauncey Gardner-Johnson thing. Oh, 
I think for the he's team as well. He's he's, he's, he brings energy to defense and Dennis Allen was a defensive coordinator. Like, how could you get rid of that guy? I, I mean, does he not see that? And I'm not even a pro football coach. And I, and I knew that was a mistake. From well, the here's the biggest sin. He couldn't see that a guy could play safety. <laughs> They've been searching for – they went out and been signed two safeties, and you got one sitting right there uh, right in front of you, okay? You couldn't see that at practice. This guy might make a pretty good safety. It's going to be very interesting because I'm going to go to the Falcons game. I'm going to go. Uh, I've got my ticket bought. I'm, I'm going to go. But it's going to be very interesting to see how many empty seats are going to be in the dome. Oh, there's going to be a lot. But expect a lot of 16-3 to 3 T-shirts. If the Falcon fans ever, ever want a little revenge, uh-huh. now's the time. <laughs> well, you know what? They have a legitimate reason to rub it in our yep. face the way we've been rubbing it in their face for the last You better few believe years, it. So, you know? You better believe it. All right, it. Eric. I appreciate All it. All right, man. Bobby. Thanks. Uh, I gotta, uh, let's grab Terry. Terry, I, I literally got three minutes. There, It's all yours. Go ahead. All right, Eric. Look, man, I know you're talking about the Saints, and I tried to get in yesterday. And you know how hard this is going to be for me to say this, but congratulations to the Tulane Green Wave yeah, you're to right. go to – the Cotton Bowl. But what I really called about is every LSU fan should be so, so thankful. I know I am. $1,200 a hit. Thank you for what Brian Kelly did this year. <laughs> yep. And what I saw Saturday, that team fought like Tigers, and they never gave up. Two plays really complain, changed the complexion of the game. I'm not going back. George is a much better football team. LSU mm-hmm. was playing with boys, and they were playing with men. But what I'm really calling about, does anybody want to help me? I need a lot of help. I need money to get a basket of cheese for a certain football coach who whined all day Saturday, all day Sunday, about his great Alabama football team. Does anybody want to donate to the cheese basket to help <laughs> to give the Nick Saban with all that wine he was spreading out over the weekend. Look, man, I'm taking collections. I'm being really sarcastic, Eric. Right. But I'm going to tell you what. Saban whined for two straight days. Yes, okay? he did. And, look, I'm going to tell you this. I'm gonna, you know how much I love LSU. and you know 30, how much 30 seconds. Go ahead. To, you know how much it's hard for me to say about Tulane getting to the Cotton Bowl? Hey, congratulations. Y'all deserve right. it. And But the thing is this. Any LSU fan is disappointed in this year. I got to be out of their mind because you saw. Hundred percent agree there. This this was a great foundation year, and only going to get better. Terry, thanks for the phone call. You're listening to Inside New Orleans. I'm your host, Eric Asher. Don't forget Burkhart, ACPromise.com, ACPromise.com, North Shore, South Shore, East Bank, West Bank. I don't care if you're looking for a new system for your home or your business. Contact Burkhart. At least let them come out and give you a price. Find out what to get over 10,000 customers have found out over the years. Burkhart, again, the service before and after sales impeccable, and of course, truly a company can trust. That's ACPromise.com. That's ACPromise.com. We'll be right back. Hi, Eric Ash with celebrity chef Scott Craig of Katie. Scott, you have to be excited about Katie's expanded second floor seating and private dining rooms. Yeah, but how about my vast local sports knowledge? You know sports, but shouldn't we be talking about your award-winning Sunday brunch? I'd rather talk about the Saints and the Pels. How about your award-winning pizza or daily specials? How about them Saints? I admit you have a great take on local sports, but what about Katie's award-winning menu? Okay, folks, I invite you to dine at Katie's. Eric and I don't have to brag about the food at Katie's. The food speaks for itself. Katie's open seven days a week in the heart of Mid-City at 3701 Opelie. 
Dave Miet Insurance is a full-service independent insurance agency since 1958, offering auto, home, life, health, business, and commercial policies, serving the East Bank, West Bank, North Shore, South Shore, and River Parishes. Dave Miet Insurance is your one-stop insurance specialist. Call, click, or come in for a quote today at 504-556-0809 or DaveMietInsAgency.com. Southern Tire, family-owned and operated since 1972. Southern Tire is your one-stop shop for quality auto repairs and the best deals on tires. We offer a large selection of tires that will fit your budget no matter what you drive. In the market for a new set of wheels at Southern Tire, we are your wheel experts. Choose from our large selection of wheels and tires up to 30 inches. Financing available. Hickory and Airline in Mentory open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Saturday from 8 a.m. till 3 p.m. Give us a call now at 504-737-1558 to schedule an appointment or go to southerntire.com and check out all the services we provide to our customers. Hi, Eric Asher. I'm here with my good friend Mike Delahousie of the TikTok Cafe. Hey, Eric, 17 years later, we're still open 24-7. Yeah, your sign ought to read, sorry, we're open. Come on, man, 24 hours a day? You know how tough that is? That's a real service to the community. Yeah, the Poison Control Center is open 24 hours, too. Uh, the TikTok Cafe, where the gluten is always free, intersection of I-10 and Causeway, also known as the intersection of salmonella and high cholesterol. Hi, this is Eric Asher. If you know you'll be needing a new air conditioning system anytime soon, then you should call my friends at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating before the end of the year. Because on January 1st, new federal rules mean all AC contractors are no longer able to install the most affordable air conditioning systems. The team at Burkhardt has these affordable systems available for install right now. There's financing available too. So save by calling Burkhardt today or learn more at acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. And tell them Eric sent you. Cumulus New Orleans has an immediate opening for a radio digital account executive. Excellent earning potential, incredible benefits, and wonderful working conditions. Outside sales experience preferred. To apply, go to Cumulus.com and click on Work Here. That's Cumulus.com. Join the winning team today at Cumulus Media New Orleans and change your life for the better. Radio and digital marketing is a high energy, fun, and exciting career. Apply at Cumulus.com, an equal opportunity employer. This is Josh Danzig with Where You At Magazine for 106.1 Nash Icon. This Saturday, get on your best holiday-themed costume and head to Manning's and the Metro for the return of the Running of the Santas with live music and more. Then don't let the weekend end on Sunday. Join us on Monday, December 12th at the Chop Yard at 6 p.m. for the finals party of the Absolute Bloody Mary Mix-Off with complimentary drink samples, food, and more. For more ideas on what to do this holiday season, pick up Wariat's new Winter Restaurant Guide at restaurants, bars, and grocery stores all over town. Or read it now at wariat.com. Cumulus New Orleans, incredible service and excellent results. New Orleans is always number one with Cumulus Radio and Digital. All right, welcome back to Inside New Orleans. Uh, Matty Hudak will join us in the second hour talking Tulane, and that will be followed by Glenn Gilbo of Outkick.com. Uh, he'll talk Saints and LSU. A lot going on. We'll talk about NOPD Chief uh, Sean Ferguson retiring. Uh, at the end of the year, all that coming up in hour number two. You're listening to Inside New Orleans. I'm your host, Eric Asher. Stick around. Pizza 
Saints are daily specials. How about them Saints? I admit you have a great take on local sports, but what about Katie's award-winning menu? Okay, folks, I invite you to dine at Katie's. Eric and I don't have to brag about the food at Katie's. The food speaks for itself. Katie's open seven days a week in the heart of Mid-City at 3701 Oppelie. Suburban Roofing and Siding, 861 Roof, locally owned and operated, fully licensed and insured, has been re-roofing South Louisiana for over a decade. Suburban Roofing is one of only 6% of roofing contractors nationwide, certified by shingle manufacturers. My good friend Marty Scoggins is honest and reliable and stands behind all of Suburban Roofing's quality workmanship. Suburban Roofing skilled crews are experts in all types of roofs. Trust a Louisiana company with local referrals, not a storm chaser with your re-roofing needs. Don't sign that contract to you call Suburban Roofing and Siding at 861 Roof. That's 861 76 Six three. Welcome back. Hour number two of Inside New Orleans. Eric Asher with you until six. I want to remind everybody we're going to have um, uh, Matty Hudak who's going to join us at around 5.15, talking some Tulane. Uh, we'll finish up with um, Glenn Gilbo of Outkick.com 
we'll talk some Saints and LSU with him. And we'll touch on Tulane as well um, as, as we get finished here. I want to remind everybody also, again, the Pels are about a half a game. They're half a game out of first place in the West, so that's some good news. Uh, Keishon Booty's coming back for his senior year, so he comes back with a better attitude. And um, I hate to see him go, but Jack Besh is into the transfer portal uh, for the Tigers. All right, we, we can cut it right there. Um, I'm going to get right into my monologue here, uh, Rudy. Um, I want to shift from, from sports to um, uh, what happened today. Uh, NOPD Chief Sean Ferguson has announced his retirement at the end of the year. So what does that mean for the city? What does that mean for the NOPD? Well, let me just say this straight up, okay? Cantrell is lazy. She's been lazy since she took office. She could have went on a national search to be able to bring in a police chief when, when um, before Ferguson was, um, was installed as the police chief. She didn't do it. She went from within the ranks. Knowing, again, all the issues they were having within the NOPD, she went internally. And, and brought up Ferguson. Um, so don't expect her to go nationwide now and interview candidates. She checked out a long time ago. You think she's really going to sit in all these meetings and be able to, again, go through what it takes to be able to, again, find the next police chief of New Orleans? Come on. It's not going to happen. I mean, in any, in, in what really happened was because she was getting so much flack about the NOPD and, again, the mass exodus of police officers, the, 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 the rising crime. Remember, Ferguson had his, his power usurped by the consultants. What is it, a Fausto uh, Pichardo, uh, that former New York uh, 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 police commander? Uh, John Linder, that consultant out of New Mexico who, again, once uh, worked with Pennington? I mean, they, they were usurping a lot of, again, of, of his um, – of um, his power. They were coming up with, with a lot of the plans that um, the rank and file already knew about that the police association said that they brought to the table for the NOPD and, 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 though, and they were told that, they were, that, that, again, that that was not applicable, again, that there was no interest, which is a slap in the face right there. When you got individuals that are on staff right now that are part of those police uh, associations that are coming up with, with, again, ideas on how to change things, and you say, no, 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 but then you bring in two consultants, and they say the same exact, exact thing, you say, okay, that sounds like great ideas. That's something new to the table. No, it wasn't. You just weren't listening because, again, you've been distracted because you're lazy as a mayor, and then she is. She's lazy. Under Ferguson's watch, we saw the largest mass exodus of NOPD officers in the history of the force. But yet there was no triage, nothing. What was, I mean, yet throwing more money at it now after the fact when, when the majority of those officers are gone? Veteran officers that, again, that were, that were really the lifeblood of this organization? Come on. Less than 1,000 cops and officers are continuing to bolt even today. They're not leaving. I'm going to get this straight. They're not leaving the police force to become, uh, you know, uh, private citizens. They're going to another police department or, or to the federal government to continue their law enforcement careers. We had the consent decree, which again held back the, the NOPD in a lot of cases, still continuing today. You had an overreaching PIB, Public Interrogative Bureau, but which again, the, 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 the chief knew about and the mayor knew about it, did nothing about it, nothing about it. And then, of course, nepotism, cliquish. I mean, that's, that's the deep inherent problems of the NOPD and has been for a long time and nothing's changed. Just again, the names of the leadership have changed in a lot of cases, but not again the clickishness and, and of course, the nepotism that we started, that we've seen for, for, for decades and decades and decades. 
add the lack of leadership by the mayor, who herself, herself abused her own privilege of, of her own security detail, again, allegedly having a relationship with one of them. At the very least, again, this individual might be involved in, in, in payroll fraud? fraud. Come on. It starts at the top, and it trickles down for, from her to her command staff. And, and, and as a mayor, no matter who she appoints, they're gonna, their hands are going to be cuffed. They're not going to be making any changes. She ignores the problems, okay? She, she is the problem in a lot of cases, but she ignores the reality of, of the problems. Just in her comments today, since joining the NOPD in 1998, Chief Ferguson has served with honor and distinction and integrity. Uh, as superintendent, Chief Ferguson helped shape the NOPD into a strong, trustworthy, professional, and efficient department. Do you think that's what they are right now? It's like she says, she says it and speaks it into existence. No, she's not. She went on to say, capable of repairing a broken rapport between the NOPD and the citizens and business owner. Have you seen that? His tenure as chief saw a national rise in, uh, uh, the national rise in crime due to the lasting impacts of COVID-19 pandemic. Blaming it on the pandemic. Under his diligent leadership, NOPD persevered. Over the last year, we've seen serious reductions in crimes such as aggravated assaults, sexual assaults, business and residential burglaries, non-fatal shootings. We've also seen, so seen more illegal guns taken off the streets. Are you buying into any of that? Do you feel safe when you walk out of your house in New Orleans? Do you feel safe to go into New Orleans Parish? I mean, you believe in any of this garbage that she spews? I mean, this is the problem that we have right now. Talking about a community-focused approach to, 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 to policing. The police don't trust her as a leader. Neither do the citizens, for the most part. So this starts at the top. Ferguson's the scapegoat in a lot of cases. As I said, he was handcuffed from the beginning. But he was part of the problem as well because he was part of that inner circle. Nepotism, the clickishness of the NOPD, there's nothing changed. And because she's been asleep at the wheel for so long, she just let it go out of control to the point where it got to, you woke up one morning, it's like, well, wait a minute, we have less than 1,000 cops? How come nobody told me? Well, you haven't been around. You've been at the Batamba apartment hanging out with, with, with your security guard, who, by the way, is an NOPD officer. No, she's delusional. I mean, she continues to say these things like, again, like the people of this city who are paying attention are ignorant and have no idea what, what the reality of the situation is. And let me say one more thing about J.P. Morrell, who I, who I like J.P. personally. I really do. But J.P. has an axe to grind against the, uh, against, against the chief because of what happened with, again, where his brothers uh, got caught in, in, in the situation with the Lee Zurich investigation, right? So he's got an axe to grind. He keeps calling for Ferguson's um, uh, dismissal. I get it. But he's got to take the personal issue out of it as well because it was personal for him there. So he's done a great job as a council member. I said a long time ago he should run for mayor. But I'm not giving him a pass on this. He's probably standing up right now thinking again, look, this is all about me pushing push Ferguson out. The problem is not solved with the NOPD just because Ferguson is walking the plank at the end of the year. It starts with a lack of leadership up top, and it trickles all the way down. And I mean up top with the mayor. When consultants come in and they make more of an impact than when you're not listening to the people that are on the ground that are telling you what's wrong, that's an issue. And it continues to be an issue in this city. So don't think just for a second because Ferguson has moved on that all that ails the NOPD is over. Because as I said before, she's too lazy to do the damn job, which would be a, a national search 
and bringing in a new voice and a new breath and a new vision for the NOPD. Just like you need a, the city needs a new vision for the city. But unfortunately, the apathetic voters in New Orleans are not willing to step up even when a, uh, a recall petition is sent to their homes with a self-addressed stamped envelope, and all you got to do is sign it and put it in the mail. We reap what we sow, New Orleans, and it continues. You're listening to Inside New Orleans. I'm your host, Eric Asher. Don't forget about my friends over at Southern Tire, Hickory and Airline in Metairie. I don't care where you live, North Shore, South Shore, East Bank, West Bank. If you're looking for a company you can trust when it comes to your vehicle, you can trust the Piazza family. Open Monday through Friday from 8 to 6, Saturday from 8 to 3. 504-737-1558 is the phone number. SouthernTire.com is the, uh, is the website. Largest selection of tires in the metropolitan area, bar none. You can even order your tires at SouthernTire.com, and they'll have them ready for you to mount on your vehicle. Looking for a, ve- a place that you can trust your vehicle when it breaks down? You need to keep the everyday maintenance up? Trust Southern Tire. ASC certified technicians with the same exact uh, um, uh, uh, diagnostic equipment you get at the dealership. And, of course, you got the Piazza family standing behind their work. You want a company you can trust? It's Southern Tire, owned by the Piazza family since 1972, Hickory and Airline in Metairie. All right, we shift gears now to some good news, finally, after, again, the Saints debacle, talking about what's happened in the city. It's the Tulane Green Wave. And, again, a great game against UCF. Uh, or, or, again, um, uh, going in, winning the American Athletic Conference Championship and now a, both in, a birth in the Cotton Bowl uh, to break it down for us, to tell us about, again, uh, the sights and sounds of what happened on the field on, on, on Saturday is uh, Tulane sideline reporter, Matty Hudak. Matty, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's been, been truly a wild season uh, of our weekly talks finally coming to culmination last Saturday. It, 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 it's been a great ride. And for somebody, again, as I mentioned, uh, again, going, going back to my childhood, being in the stands for uh, the Tulane LSU game in 1973, 1972, 9-3, crying like a baby when LSU beat Tulane, and then the next year the 14 nothing win, and, of course, the fans going wild, similar to what we saw on Saturday. I mean, those are the things that we kind of think about when you kind of equate to, to what's going on. You go for, come full circle now. And then for me to be able – got to tell you, I got emotional. I really did. When 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 you you see the TV uh, when you see the TV cameras panning all over Yeoman Stadium, and you see not just a full stadium, but you see the student body engaged and again into the game and, and again you know just uh, you know the support that they got, it's something we have not seen at Tulane uh, in a long long time, and I hope that this is the beginning of again the the, the where the where the students are going to support the athletic, uh, athletic teams, and they're going to be there for them. And no more empty seats, uh, whether it's at the basketball arena, the, the, the baseball park, or again at Yeoman. Yeah, I mean, I think it has to really start with football, and it was not something I had exactly expected to ever see either. Like you said, it wasn't just that all the students had showed up. It's that they showed up an hour and a half early to make sure that they got a seat and were ready when the guys took the field. They were loud. They didn't have to be told to make noise on third down and we've had to give away, you know, laptops in the past to get the students to stay through the fourth quarter. And not only did they stay through the fourth quarter, they kept slowly inching down uh, the fans to eventually end up rushing the field, which I think was kind of a well-deserved moment for both those fans that really got into it this season and these players who deserved that kind of send off. Also, again, the focus of the team, 
Look, that's a, it's a big distraction when, when you think your coach is moving on. And, and you know, that can, that can linger into the week. But, but it didn't. They, they were focused. And, look, Plumlee being injured, that, that helped a bit. But still, this team played a great game on Saturday. Yeah, they did. I, I have pointed that out a few times, how impressed I was with the focus of the team this past week with all that noise going on. Because, to be honest, it, it had my mind on a few different things at the beginning of the week. But you know, I had the opportunity to sit on a few of their uh, prep meetings and just the focus, the attention to detail and game planning was really impressive to me that there was absolutely no, no distractions to be had inside the team. And like you said, the hamstrings certainly help with John Rice Plumley. And I really have to say that I respect that kid a lot for what he did sure. and, and coming back in hurt and, quite frankly, you know, making that a contest. Usually when you uh, lose the turnover battle, 3 nothing, things don't bode well. But it just felt like, honestly, like a magical night where things just kept going in, in two lanes' favor. Their touchdown drives were, I mean, just a, amazing throws by Michael Pratt, incredible runs by Tajay Spears, and incredible necessary stops by that defense when they needed to. Just a well-rounded three phases of the game uh, and, and a really decisive win against the one team that really got them this season. No no doubt. And look, a team that – I think we got to put in perspective here. Malzone goes after ex-SEC players. They saw that the first time around when they played them and maybe they weren't quite ready. But, again, you heard it. You are, you're closer to the program than I am, but almost to a man. So again, guys talking about what they did wrong in the first game. You know, they weren't on their keys or they weren't disciplined, whatever it was, and, you know, vowed to be able to, again, to, to be able to remedy those mistakes, and they did. That they did, and they never really panic in-game either, which has really stood out to me the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, in Cincinnati, that was a tight game, really down to the wire the entire time, and, it's it's normal for players to get frustrated when they feel like they screwed up, but it's really impressive to me, both the coaching staff and other teammates coming to their aid and, and getting them to kind of, you know, calm down a little bit when they're getting hard on themselves. But you never see them kind of panic and abandon the game plan really is just kind of waiting. And, and I think Tajay Spears had said a quote a couple of weeks ago that put it really well in regards to Cincinnati. If you just keep chopping the axe, eventually the tree is going to break. You don't know when it's going to happen, but the only way it's not going to happen is if you stop chopping the axe. And I really think that kind of sums up how Tulane has just hung in these games, even when they've got tough, they've got Harry in the middle of them, just their focus and really mental toughness all throughout the units on that team. And just, again, the leadership to never fall apart when things get tough, when there's an untimely turnover that shortens a deficit. It just really has been such an impressive uh, season to watch. It really has. From, from, again, from the playmakers on offense doing what they do, the, again, the, uh, the offensive line, which was much maligned for so many, so many years with, within the, uh, the Fritz era, again, coming together and, and being a stout offensive line, to, 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 again, Tajay Spears, who, again, I, I know we, we were going to see him in an NFL uniform next year, but that run, uh, well, I don't know, 60, 70 yards, whatever it was, I mean <laughs> – it, it, it looked like the runs of great backs of the past. And, you know, I said to this audience, it reminded me a lot of Gale Sayers when he's hurtling his own player and then hitting another gear and, and heading into the end zone. I mean, it, just, it was just an amazing – but it was him, him all season long, going, working through injury, whatever it was. This guy, again, was there when, when the bell sounded and, and, and gave 100% every time he took the field. And uh, Saturday was no different. Uh, 100%. I, I've always said running back is really kind of one of the more visceral positions to watch when you're right there on the sideline. I've just been 
lucky to kind of be positioned. I was actually right where Jaquan Jackson kind of fell, and he hurtled over him, and you can almost see him kind of stop for a split second and survey the field, and that kind of patience. Again, I keep comparing him to Alvin Kamara, but a lot of running backs will just keep running and not really take a second to see what those lanes are. It's just a split second, but you're right, he just hit that second gear when he launched over Jaquan Jackson, and my, I mean, I, my mouth was just kind of wide open that I could not believe. I was watching that type of play on the field, and it's really felt that way all season. I was right in the end zone when he ran in two touchdowns against Cincinnati last week, and it just kind of kept feeling like, how are they not able to catch this guy? He's so laterally quick. He's so explosive. He has such good vision, and I think that run on Saturday night, I think he should have been getting you know more attention, including this whole team all season, and we've talked yep. about that, but... That run definitely put him high up on, I think, NFL draft watch lists. I quite frankly think he put himself in a different conversation with these last couple weeks of play. It feels like he's kind of been possessed ever since that game against SMU. Yeah, he's played so well. And I can't say enough about Michael Pratt. His ability not just to be able to throw the football accurately, uh, strong arm, uh, his command of the huddle, but also his ability to be able to get out of trouble again with his feet and then run the football. I mean, you know, I mean uh, – you know, and what is responsible for uh, what for was it four touchdowns on 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 Saturday? I believe I believe four passing and one rushing, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, I, I think mean, he had three. I think it's three three touchdowns passing, one rushing. Yeah. Oh, okay. I I didn't get to go to Oklahoma because of the evacuation last year, but watching right. him on TV, that was the last uh, that game on Saturday really felt like that same type of just command and takeover performance where. That was, to me, his best game in the air, his ability to pump fake guys, read defenses, make checks, and just like you said, get out of pressure. The offensive line does deserve so much credit, seriously, for this season. You know, I saw Josh Remitich working his butt off so many times, Prince Pine, Joey Claybrook. You, you just could, you could talk about every guy on that line really stepping in. I just point out Josh Remitich because he really was the starter until Kane and Ray went down, but they, they have really made this such a different season for these guys, but Michael Pratt to me has just taken such a jump as a passing quarterback. Those throws he made to Shea Wyatt and Deuce Watts, who also, I mean, I mean, a gr- incredible catches by them, and Jaquan yes. Jackson on that crucial conversion, as well as Lawrence Keyes. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, I could pull out a Rolodex of guys that are just so incredible this season, but it's true. My, it starts and ends with a quarterback, and I thought that was Michael Pratt's really just, you know, one of his career-defining performances so far. And please talk about the defense as well. From from way, I mean, the the, the name, it's a long list of names. So many that really, again, you you really can't list them all. But a, as a unit, they they were incredible the entire season. That they have, and I mean, think about the last time when they really couldn't get to that backfield, and John Rice Pumley and Keith Cooper, Darius Hodges decided that wasn't going to be the case today. Nick Anderson and Dorian Williams, I think, you know, to have that type of one-two punch in college football that's something you usually see in the in the pros with guys like Pete Warner or Demario Davis to have those two guys there and then again that secondary is just so sticky and they love to stop the run Lummy Young's always up there making Clark he had so much harder than his size he really reminds me of CJ Gardner Johnson 2.0 but that all goes back again to Chris Hampton and you know he his ability to call plays when the deep, when the offense is not just brought out their personnel, but he calls it based on the formation that they line up in. That's so advanced to me, and just the IQ by the players to be able to execute that. And again, to have someone like John Rice Plumley give them a lot of trouble and never really get frazzled by anything. Guys like Dorian Williams with that mm-hmm. just sick fourth down stop at the end of the game, just showing their strength again, which goes back to the strength conditioning coach Kurt Hester as well. I mean, I saw the watch list come out today for Coach of the Year. Willie Fritz is on it, and I 
Should, right. I just can't see why he's not top of the list with just, again, the amount of people I, I, I could throw out there, every single position coach, both offensive coordinator Jim Soboda, who I think has been equally as key to this season as Chris Hampton. I mean, it's just really the standard of excellence for what Tulane football should be in the future. I agree. We're going to talk in the coming weeks about USC, but they got some big boys, as they always do on those lines. It's going to be a challenge for Tulane. But tell me from your perspective what it was like at the end of the at the end of the game, as the fans started to rush the field. Well, I'd say at the end of the game really hit me when Michael Pratt ran that touchdown in, and I kind of surprised myself. I got emotional and was kind of crying on the sidelines. It took me aback because I'm just not really an emotional person. And then, you know, the guys coming over at the Times picking you newspaper and handing those all out. I had a moment where I remembered my bag was all the way down at the other sideline by the visitor's end zone, and I panicked because I knew that was probably going to happen. So that, that drive that just seemed to last forever with no timeouts, I eventually just sprinted back to grab that. And then I saw Willie Fritz get the Gatorade dumped on him. And, you know, my job was if the team won to stay on the field and try to grab players to interview them on the postgame show. So the second that victory formation took the field, I was really ready to just run into madness. But it's almost it's like a hilarious nightmare to watch back on TV because those fans were really just, you know, they, I also hope they're all okay because that was a really long drop from the student section, but yeah. I keep saying this. It was the mo- I, I was lucky enough to be down here when the Saints won the Super Bowl, and I went down to Bourbon Street, and for 200,000 people on Bourbon Street, it was the friendliest mob I've ever come across, and while it got really compact surprisingly quick, uh, I was honestly impressed by how quickly they were able to all get down there and how short the players suddenly just seemed that I, I genuinely couldn't find any of them. I was never really uh, you know, afraid or freaked out at any point. A lot of the reporters there covered LSU games in the past where it's just been complete pandemonium when they rushed the field, but everyone was just crying and hugging strangers. It really was so euphoric in a way, I think, that took everyone by surprise, and everyone just felt like they had to be down there and experience that. And it just felt like such a, again, defining moment for Tulane football as a program with all of the kind of should the Omen Stadium have been built? Should they have left the Superdome? I, I think that that was your kind of closing argument for how important that on-campus stadium has been yes. and how important it's been to engaging everyone from alumni to local fans to that really incredible student section. You know, I'm glad you, you describe. I heard you describe that on television, um, uh, your, your thoughts on, on what happened there. And, and I agree with you. I, I wasn't there. But I could feel the euphoria, the, the almost, again, being able to exhale for the Tulane fans, much like we saw with Saints fans after they finally won the Super Bowl. It, 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 was a, it, was a, it was a great moment in the history of sports here in the city of New Orleans, but it was a great moment, obviously, for Tulane and for long-suffering Tulane fans. Uh, it was a just-do type situation. Finally, we've made it. Yeah, I kept saying when I turned around and the entire stadium was on – their feet and and I didn't even have to start shouting that you know it was the same thing where they said pig flu hell is frozen over the Saints are going to the Super Bowl yeah kind of how I felt when I turned around I just never thought you know we were getting there homecoming was so electric and the fans kind of left by halftime because it was a blowout and it's just been you know like you said just this history of I mean it's been 83 years since they played in a a bowl game of this magnitude but it really felt like they had caught the fans attention not just you know, by their play, but from that game. But finally, through this whole season, they had got kind of the respect. I think they deserved the attention they earned and the fan engagement. I think both sides just got so much out of it. It was just such a fun atmosphere 
And again, in atmosphere, I don't think Tulane fans in this century have come close to feeling unless they have mm-hmm. a pro team that they follow or a different team that they're a fan of or drive up to Tiger Stadium. You know, that was the first time Tulane really put their moment on the map. Yeah, it was. It, it, it was It was a only a, a moment to behold and something I'll never forget. And I was watching it on TV, and I can imagine because I have – you know, I, I I have friends that have been Tulane fans their entire lives. Again, I grew up as a Tulane fan, and it was just, uh, it was cathartic. It really was in, in, in terms of watching that. And, and now, again, to have the opportunity to be in the Cotton Bowl and in, in a New Year's Six Bowl uh, to culminate this great season. Uh, again, I can't think of any better way. And, of course, going up against a pretty darn good team uh, in USC. So we'll talk about that as we go forward. Congratulations to you, the entire Tulane football team, the entire, again, Tulane Nation on a job well done, and uh, hopefully, again, this is the beginning of something really, really special. Yeah, thank you so much. I really couldn't agree more. I just, you know, Nick Anderson had made this comment that he talked to one of the 98 guys, and they said it's not just about hanging a banner, it's leaving a timeline and a legacy so everyone looks back, and it's not just the 1998 football team. It's what this is, the 2022 football team, what they did, and as, again, a comparative point for excellence, and I think what they've set out to accomplish, they've more than exceeded their goals and, and just have been great, never lost sight of their way as, as people along the way, so I couldn't be more grateful to, to just be a part of it and be around these guys. No doubt about it. And you did a great job all season long, again, uh, uh, bringing, again, the in, uh, what was going on inside with Tulane to our, to our listeners, and we appreciate it as well. Tell the folks how they can follow you on social media and, and of course, everything you're doing out there uh, in, in terms of your writing. And, as always, we appreciate your time. Thank you. Yeah, always on Twitter at Matty Hudak underscore 94. I'll probably try to write something about the Saints in the near future, but that, that you know, is it, a little bit yeah. of a comparative headache. Otherwise, uh I'll be heading down to Arlington uh, for that that week. You know, I'm just going to try to soak in the, the, these moments as much as I can and try to keep kind of opening that gap for people, which will all probably, again, culminate back on Twitter for now. Beautiful. Thanks so much again for being with us. We'll check in with you as we go forward, especially again with USC on tap. Uh, we appreciate your time. Great. Thank you, Eric. Roll wave. <laughs> there you go. Roll wave. I'm right there with you. Hey, folks, don't forget about Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. Uh, again, if you're looking for a generator for your home or your business, uh, there's only one place to go. It's Burkhardt. Uh, Jason Burkhardt is in charge of the division. And the one thing I hear from people who, are, again, that have bought generators from Burkhardt, and they tell me about meeting Jason for the first time, is that they never get the hard sell. He's not there to be able to sell you anything. He's there to be able to... Uh, educate you on your options when it comes to a generator for your home or your business. Uh, you can't ask for anything more than that, okay? Uh, at Burkhart, they have generators right now in their warehouse in Mandeville, Generac generators that are there for you to be able to be installed in your home or business. All you got to do is make the phone call. Uh, at, at Burkhart, they are your generator uh, sales and service experts. Um, they, will, uh, they will sit down with you, find out what you're looking for in terms of a generator, then after you come to an agreement, uh, put you on the calendar for a single-day install. That means a single-day install. That means planning, permits, inspections. Everything is taken care of by their generator team. Uh, they will always put the generator where it needs to be, up to code. So, again, again, looking out for your family uh, to be able to make sure that, again, that generator is safely uh, operating. And then, of course, uh, you can finance it over time with low monthly notes or pay it all up front. It's your choice. New install quality check after one month. It's something Burkhardt does with everything they install for their customers. And then uh, the service after the sale. 
24-7, 365 emergency service. When it's safe for the guys to come out to get your generator up and running, they'll be there. And then they can maintain that for you 365 days a year. You have to maintain the generator like you maintain your car engine. Burkhart can do that for you. They make it so easy. And right now, save $1,750 with a free 10-year warranty till the end of the year on Generac generators. Give yourself the gift of, of again, peace of mind. Increase the property value uh, of, of your home. Make sure your business never has to go without power again. Give yourself a Generac generator from Burkhart. That's acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. We'll be right back with uh, Glenn Gilbo of Outkick.com. If you want a little soul with your country, then you're with us. New Orleans country, from the classics to the songs that matter. Your country is on 1061 Nash Icon or anytime at NashFM1061.com. This report is sponsored by Lowe's. It's pro time because at Lowe's it's Provember. Over 30 days to say big. Full of more inventory, more Lowe's MVPs, bonus points, and more of the deals you deserve. Because it always pays to be a pro at Lowe's. Save all Provember long. Look out for an accident on 10 eastbound at Nishud. And your delays are going to be solid if you're traveling on 10 eastbound from Loyola to Power. And then delays pick back up on 10 eastbound from just past City Park to the high rise. Look out for delays solid 10 westbound from Clearview to Veterans. On the 610 on the westbound side, your delays are solid from St. Bernard to the 10610 merge. Also, in the meantime, look out for delays solid if you're traveling on the 610 on the eastbound side from St. Bernard to the 10610 merge. If you're traveling eastbound along the West Bank Expressway in the Crescent City Connection, delays are steady from Stumpf Boulevard to the Camp Street exit. Also, look out for delays if you're traveling westbound along the Pontchartrain Expressway in the Crescent City Connection as delays stretch from the Claiborne Earhart exit to the Chapatula South Peters exit. I'm at Robinson Broadcasting from the Attorney Mike Brandner Traffic Center. If you're a contractor, if you're a business owner, if you're a, a professional and you're looking for general liability, professional liability, builder's risk, workman's comp, commercial property, or automobile coverage for commercial and business customers, I've got the, uh, I got the uh, insurance agent for you. It's Dave Biet Insurance, independent insurance agency, uh, searching over 50 companies for the coverage you need at the best price. You want a company, again, that will stand behind you when it, when it comes time to make a claim. You want, you want an insurance agent that picks up the phone when you need him, will give you the advice that's necessary for your insurance or again something as simple as getting an insurance certificate to start a job at that over at Dave Miet insurance they got you covered uh, you can call click or come in uh, to be able to get the best prices for again the best coverage out there uh, d-a-v-m-i-l-o-e-t-i-n-s agency.com uh, is a one-stop shop for all your insurance needs or again call 504-556-0809 you want to save call Dave that's Dave Miet insurance 504 556 0809. On the East Bank and West Bank, from the lake to the Gulf, the men and women of the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office keep our parish safe. Some are on the beat, others behind the scenes ensuring the safety of our community. JPSO is now looking for correctional officers and 911 dispatchers. Your community's calling. Answer the call. Visit JPSOjobs.com for the complete benefits package and salary. Bienvenue on Hickory, 467 Hickory Avenue, open seven days a week, offering a creative menu of all your New Orleans favorites. Fresh Louisiana seafood, great sandwiches, soups, salads, daily specials, and a Sunday brunch. Contemporary Creole cuisine, great southern dishes. Check out our menu online at bienvenueharahan.com. 
dine indoors or outdoors? Place your order or inquire about catering at 504-305-4792. That's Bienvenue on Hickory, 467 Hickory Avenue in Harahan. Sportsbeat is the place to watch your favorite team. Come check out all the games, including the NBA, college basketball, and baseball on 20 TVs. Open seven days, 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. Happy hour, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Great menu featuring two, count them, two steak nights. Wednesday night, 6 p.m. till $10 choice filets. Friday night, 6 p.m. till $10 choice ribeyes. Private room available. Sportsbeat is located at 3330 Ridge Lake at 16th Street behind Wendy's on Causeway. Sportsbeat Pub and Cafe, home of fantastic cocktails, large beer selection, delicious food, friendly staff, and all the sports you can handle. Hi, this is Eric Asher. If you know you'll be needing a new air conditioning system anytime soon, then you should call my friends at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating before the end of the year. Because on January 1st, new federal rules mean all AC contractors are no longer able to install the most affordable air conditioning systems. The team at Burkhardt has these affordable systems available for install right now. There's financing available too. So see by calling Burkhardt today or learn more at acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. It's an American sent you. So you're sitting in traffic on I-10, tired of your long work day, and you're dreading cooking dinner for the family. So where's the place you should think of? Oceana Grill. Get ready to indulge your palate with the flavor it deserves. From blackened bayou duck to our signature barbecue shrimp, we know how to get you asking for more. Whether it's sitting outside or in our courtyard or kicking back at one of our indoor, unique, vibrant dining rooms, Oceana can make you feel right at home with our friendly staff and our naturally New Orleans cuisine. Oceana Grill, 739 Conti in the heart of the fun, 8 a.m. to 1 a.m. daily. We know what you're missing in your kitchen. Oceana Grill. Sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career you'll love with flexibility, great pay and benefits, and one of the country's top workplaces? Come join our growing team. Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. Don't forget about my friends at Suburban Roofing and Signing, 504-861-ROOF, locally owned and operated, fully licensed and insured, member of the Better Business Bureau, and, of course, Marty Scoggins and his gang have been re-roofing South Louisiana for over 20 years. Suburban Roofing is one of only 6% of roofing contractors nationwide, certified by Shingle Manufacturers. Hey, that helps you, the customer, because you qualify for the manufacturer's extended warranty program. And, of course, Marty's honest, reliable, has always stood behind Suburban Roofing's quality workmanship. His crews are skilled in, in all types of roofs, will even and nail your roof for you. It's a lost art in roofing. Uh, roofers now want to want to get in with a hydraulic gun, pop, 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 and move on to the next job. The attention to details would set suburban roofing apart. Uh, again, if, if you're looking for a new roof for your home or your business, don't sign that contract with any other company until you call my friends at Suburban Roofing and Siding. 504-861-ROOF. That's 504-861-ROOF. That's Suburban Roofing and Siding. Marty Scoggins. Uh, make sure you give him a call. All right, um, joining us now on the program is um, Glenn Gilbo of Outkick.com. We thank Maddie Hudak for her time. Uh, Glenn, how are you, buddy? Good. Good evening, Eric. How are you? Doing doing great, Glenn. Th- thanks for the time. Again, normally we like to do this on a Friday as we're winding down. I'll be off this Friday because of a high school football, but I wanted to make sure I got you on this week because you've seen a lot of LSU football in your time. Uh, how big was this season? When you put it all in perspective, even again losing to Texas A&M and to Georgia at the end of the season with two losses, how big was this in terms of the turnaround of, of, of this program? Well, I, I think, I mean, I, I think it was significant, but it, but it's nothing we haven't seen before. You know, I, I mean, there's been, there's been quick turnarounds with, with uh, you know, the last several coaches LSU has had. I, I mean, I think it proves. You know that that LSU is never far from being a uh, an elite 
contender because uh, the recruiting base is, is so good. And if, if you get a decent coach, I mean, they're, they're going to win. You know, but, I mean, there's a lot of turnarounds now. That's, that's not as big a deal. I mean, look at, you know, because of the portal and – I mean, look at Tulane. They they offered the biggest turnaround in college football history if they win the uh, bowl game. Um, but I, I definitely think it was a you know an excellent. I, the most significant thing to me, and why I think Kelly is a contender for national coach of the year, is the fact that he inherited the worst situation of the other first year coaches, mm-hmm. like Lincoln Riley and Dykes, um, thirty nine sure. scholarship players. Nobody had that few scholarship players when they walked in and uh to me that that was a significant thing how he was able to turn the program around with that and he never did get up to 85 scholarships the limit he he was around 75 78 all season Mm -hmm. it just feels like there's some longevity to what we're seeing now Uh, i didn't know if there was going to be longevity in terms of of coach o uh, Les Miles again seemed to be living off of um, of um, of Saban's players early, but it just feels like again that he can stand on his own, and this is a a foundation year that's going to be building this program into uh, a, a program that perennially is going to be in the mix for a national championship. Well, I, I believe that, but I believe that before this season, and and really this season, I think is should not hopefully is not a microcosm of his future because this team was up and down big time. I mean, they looked bad against Auburn in that win. They looked bad against Tennessee. They looked great against Ole Miss in Alabama. They looked bad against Arkansas and Texas A&M. So, so I, I think as time goes on, Kelly's going to be more consistent than, than they were this year. Uh, but it, it is, it shows um, the potential of what Kelly can do overnight, you know, but, but I think what Kelly can do long-term will be much, much better. Cause, cause I, I do agree with you, coach O and Les, and Les was much better than coach O because after he finished with Saban's players, he still turned it around, but both of those guys that were kind of by the seat of their pants. Okay. Kelly is much more like Saban where it's going to be more consistent throughout the years. And there'll be more of a plan, and they won't be they won't be missing, you know. Like with Les, they were always, oh, we didn't sign a quarterback, or even with Ed, had some of that. Oh, we didn't sign an offensive tackle. You know, you're not mm-hmm. you're not going to see that. You're you're going to see more organization and an approach like a personnel director uh, by Kelly than than you did under uh, Coach O and Les. I agree. You're going to be at the Cotton Bowl for Tulane when 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 they go to take on USC. Your thoughts on their season? Uh, well, no, I'll I'll be in Atlanta for the uh, okay the college football semifinal, but I will be watching that Tulane game. Okay, I thought you said um, last week you'd be there, but go ahead. The um, I mean that's just awesome. I mean Tulane hadn't been to that one of those Grandpa Bowls since 1940, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and they played USC in the Rose Bowl in 1938 or 39. Uh, but man, what a turnaround! And uh, that's that's just awesome. I, I mean, and you know, boy, USC is gonna that's gonna be a problem game for them because they're disappointed and that and they're not playing a brand name in their mind, you know. And, and mm-hmm. Tulane, man, they might as well be playing for the national championship the way they're gonna feel about that game. So, I think yes. Tulane has the advantage. 
They're going to be going up against a big team, though. That's the only thing I worry about. I mean, you, you look at the lines, the size of that line against, again, well, against yeah. what Tulane has. That's going to, that could be the difference there. But uh, I'm not betting against Tulane on anything this year the way they played. Right. I mean, they have the psychological advantage. USC still has the point advantage and size. And they got a great quarterback. Yeah. Williams is a, he, he really oh. he carried that team. Uh, yes. In fact, I voted for Caleb for the Heisman this week. But, um, right. no, I, I think that's, you know, the way bowls go and when the big favorite is, is, is not always in the game and they lose guys to the, to the draft and, and just sitting out, I think Tulane's going to have an advantage in this game. Give me the post-mortem on the New Orleans Saints. Oh, boy, that was uh, – you talk about a hinge game. I mean, that, that was a win that they could have looked to the – to the rest of the season with a lot of hope and have been right back in the playoff chase and, and you know, what's a terrible division. And then the, the way they just blew that game. God, that, that reminded me of some of those games that Rob Ryan blew when he was a defensive coordinator yes. with Saints. Um, and, uh, I mean, just just ridiculous. So many little things. I mean, you know, Ingram apologized that, and I respect for, for, him, not get, for him not staying in bounds. And, you know, he... Worst case scenario, he stays in bounds and doesn't get the first down. Best case scenario, he gets the first down and stays in bounds. He didn't do either. I mean, and then, you know, they tried that little pass on, on third and one, which looked like a good call, you know, but when you, when you run the ball and fail, you still kill more clock. You know, they only ran 30 seconds off in their last possession. And they, they just gave Tampa Bay every opportunity there. And what they scored with three seconds left. So, you know, every little thing makes a difference. Yeah, no doubt about it. Surprised that Jack Best jumped into the transfer portal? Uh, nothing surprises me about the portal. Uh, you know, I, I think I think players do it to be cool now. Uh, I, I compare it to when a player knows what school he's going to go to coming out of high school and they want to go on the visit because it's fun. You know, I, I think they want to jump in the portal for – ego gratification sometimes or because they're friends or just just mm-hmm. for curiosity to see what where they might go you know they might get get to go somewhere else you know I, I just think it's a ridiculous rule and it's it's really ruining a great game in my mind so not, nothing surprises me that these guys enter the portal how about Keishon Bouti coming back for a senior year yeah um you know that's great but he can always change his mind and, and enter the draft by uh, mm-hmm. the January 12th date or, or, or whatever it is. Right. But, but that, you know, I mean, this is not the final decision. I, can, I mean, there's lots of players over the years I've covered that said they were coming back, and then and they may have been telling the truth at the time, but they changed their right. mind later. So we won't really know uh, until later. But, um, you know, I, I, I think – and, and he, he it, it's kind of surprising because – he would be a high round pick, I'm pretty yeah. sure. And it just based just based really, off of what he did pre- in previous years, right? Yeah, and and based on the rest of the receivers mm-hmm. too. So I, I I don't believe that yet. I'll believe that when it's over. Tell me about what you got coming up for us on Outkick and how folks can follow you on social media. Well, um, tomorrow morning uh, at about. Uh, Eight o'clock uh, Central Time. Uh, I have a story coming out that lists every single college football bowl, <laughs> all forty-three of them. Wow. The ones to watch, the ones not to watch. Uh, just kind of a funny take on it, and some some of the crazy names. You know, there's a bowl named after Jimmy Kimmel. Did you know that? I did not know that. 
the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's ridiculous, some of the bowls they have. And there's a lot of 6-6 six and six teams for 6-6 six six teams. But mm-hmm. that took a long time. But I had some fun with that. And uh, it's kind of a lighter week. I'm going to um, be off a little bit. And then I'll be uh, getting back into it and covering the, uh, the, the semifinal in Atlanta, which is uh, Georgia and Ohio State. So that should be a great game. Before I let you go, everything matters in baseball. The Skip Bertman story, Glenn Gilbo with Lee Hunt, uh, Leo Honeycutt. Uh, you guys have had some book signings. Uh, again, tell us all about how folks can get the book. It's a, it's a great stocking stuff. It's a great gift for that LSU fan, or even again a the sports fan in in your in your life. Tell us all about it. Well, the best way to get it now is AcadianHouse.com. Order it or Amazon.com. Uh, the Barnes and Nobles in the New Orleans area, uh, the one in Metairie was sold out of it Sunday night. I was there. The one in Mandeville is sold out. Uh, but they should be getting some more books in um, by Christmas. So if you're some late Christmas shoppers, next couple of weeks should should be able to uh, get it. But uh, having a book signing in Baton Rouge at uh, Perkins Row on uh, December uh, 17th, a week from Saturday, um, and uh, we had a book signing in, uh, at a Christmas festival in Grand Coteau this past Friday that, that went really well. So I uh, sold a bunch of books there. So the, uh, we're going to have a second printing, 5,000 in the first printing. We're going to have a second printing of either 3,000 or 5,000 more books. So uh, we hope Congratulations. it, it keeps, keeps selling as, as the year goes on. Thanks. There you go. Congratulations. Great book. I recommend it to everybody. Uh, and it's, it's a great time for, for you to, again, give this book as, as a gift during the holiday season. Glenn, uh, thanks, thanks as always for being with us uh, each and every week. Uh, and uh, we'll check in with you next week, bud. And, Eric, you're going to be joining us on Statewide Radio on Tiger Rag tonight at yes, 745. And, and, and you're going to be getting asked the questions, pal. It's yeah, that's, be that's, that's a little turnabout is fair play. <laughs> so you better be ready. You better be ready. <laughs> I'm ever ready, brother. Ever ready. <laughs> All right, man. Talk to you later. Thank you, Glenn. Uh, at LSUB Tweet on Twitter. Hey, don't forget about Burkhart. Again, they'll be there for you. They'll, they'll, they'll get it fixed no matter what maker model. You can call Burkhart anytime. The phone's answered answer 24-7. Some of the most experienced Nate certified technicians in the, in, in, the, in the industry are right here in New Orleans. And, of course, they'll get there quickly in an emergency and do the job right and leave your home spotless. Burkhardt takes your comfort seriously and, again, makes sure that they keep their products on hand so that when your system breaks, they get a replacement ready. You looking for uh, help when it comes to your A.C. system, heating system? It's Burkhardt. That's acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. We'll be right back. Hi, Eric Ashwood, celebrity chef Scott Craig of Katie. Scott, you have to be excited about Katie's expanded second-floor seating and private dining rooms. Yeah, but how about my vast local sports knowledge? You know sports, but shouldn't we be talking about your award-winning Sunday brunch? I'd rather talk about the Saints and the Pels. How about your award-winning pizza or daily specials? How about them Saints? I admit you have a great take on local sports, but what about Katie's award-winning menu? Okay, folks, I invite you to dine at Katie's. Eric and I don't have to brag about the food at Katie's. The food speaks for itself. Katie's open seven days a week in the heart of Mid-City at 3701 Apple. Come join us at Old New Orleans Cookery, 205 Bourbon Street. Open late, serving lunch and dinner seven days a week. Have an extraordinary cocktail while enjoying authentic Cajun Creole cuisine in our dining rooms or our beautiful courtyard. Two Bourbon Street balconies with adjoining private rooms to dine in or have your next event. Bring your family or friends for a wonderful dining experience. Old New Orleans Cookery is perfect for date night. Order online for delivery at nolacookery.com. 
It's always a great time on Bourbon Street at Old New Orleans Cookery. Are you looking to add more ground clearance or enjoying the terrains? Or you want to improve the ride quality and hauling capacity of your car, truck, or SUV? Then Southern Tire has the answer. We are your lift and leveling kit experts. If you enjoy going off-road, Southern Tire has the lift kit for your vehicle. Our suspension lift kits will increase ground clearance and the performance of your vehicle. Hickory and Airline and Mentory open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Saturday from 8 a.m. till 3 p.m. Give us a call now at 504-737-1558 to schedule an appointment or go to southerntire.com and check out all the services we provide to our customers. Hi, Eric Asher here with my good friend Mike Delahousie, the TikTok Cafe. What'd you say, Eric? Hey, Mike, you know what my prescription medication and the TikTok Cafe have in common? What's that? Friend? They cause drowsiness, dizziness, nausea, cramps, diarrhea, blurred vision, muscle aches, gas, heartburn, upset stomach, constipation, weight changes, decreased sex drive, impudence, dry right, mouth, ringing finished? in the ears, depression. Oh, yeah, and suicidal thoughts. It's the TikTok Cafe. Causeway I 10 in Metro. Come join us at Old New Orleans Cookery, 205 Bourbon Street. Open late, serving lunch and dinner seven days a week. Have an extraordinary cocktail while enjoying authentic Cajun Creole cuisine in our dining rooms or our beautiful courtyard. Two Bourbon Street balconies with adjoining private rooms to dine in or have your next event. Bring your family or friends for a wonderful dining experience. Old New Orleans Cookery is perfect for date night. Order online for delivery at nolacookery.com. It's always a great time on Bourbon Street at Old New Orleans Cookery. My brother-in-law died suddenly. And now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call SelectQuote at 1-800-743-8080. That's 1-800-743-8080. Or go to SelectQuote.com. 1-800-743-8080. That's 1-800-743-8080. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Cumulus New Orleans has an immediate opening for a radio and digital account executive. Excellent earning potential, incredible benefits, and wonderful working conditions. Outside sales experience preferred. To apply, go to cumulus.com and click on work here. That's cumulus.com. Join the winning team today at Cumulus Media New Orleans and change your life for the better. Radio and digital marketing is a high energy, fun, and exciting career. Apply at cumulus.com and equal opportunity employer. All right, welcome back to Inside New Orleans. We wrap it up here on this Tuesday. I want to thank Matty Hudak and also Glenn Gilbo for joining us on the program. Those that called in, those that listen on a daily basis, whether you're listening over the airwaves at 106.1 FM, on, on our uh, digital platforms, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio app, or again on the World Wide Web at NashFM1061.com or EricAsher.com. That are again, the Anchor app with our, uh, our, our podcast. Thank you for listening. All right. I uh, want to thank all the sponsors who sponsor our program. Thanks to those sponsors supporting our show. Thank you for supporting those sponsors, as always. Uh, don't forget Renee Nato and Les East join me on the award-winning Inside the Wall in Sports this week. 
And tomorrow we'll have Mike Scarborough, Sean Vazan, and, of course, Scott Craig on the program uh, as we do on a Wednesday. Thanks to Rudy back in studio. Thank you for listening. Thanks for participating in the program. My name is Eric Asher. Have a wonderful evening. Coming up next, don't move it off the dial. Jude Young's coming up with all access. So keep it right here on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon. Thanks for listening. My name is Eric Asher from the dog kitchen to the governor. That includes the mayor. They all got to go. People.